Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Talk Concord, a City of Concord, New Hampshire podcast. This this podcast brings you information about current and future happenings centered on why Concord is a great place to live, work, play, and invest. I'm Stephanie Breton, Public Information Officer, and today I'm joined by Anna Berry, Director of Communications and Digital Outreach at the Society for the Protection of New Hampshire Forests. Thank you so much for being here today. Sure. Thanks for having me. So I know we have a lot to talk about. Uh, could you please start by giving us an overview of the society, society um, and kind of what you do there? Sure. Um, well, we call it the Forest Society for short, because I know that's kind of a mouthful, mm-hmm. the Society for the Protection of New Hampshire Forests. Um, mm-hmm. And we've been conserving land here in New Hampshire since 1901. Oh, so wow. That's a long time. We are the largest nonprofit land trust and forestry organization in New Hampshire, um, conserving land basically at every corner of the state. Mm -hmm. And today we own more than 195 um, conserved properties across the state that provide wildlife habitat, walking trails, and watershed protection. And we also protect an additional 135,000 acres by holding 750 conservation easements. Wow. So that's a big part of what we do is land protection. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you a little bit more about that if you'd like to know. Yeah, that um, good. We also, the other parts of our mission are education, advocacy, and reservation stewardship and forestry. So I can mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about those too. Okay. So land protection means that we help private landowners conserve land through two different methods. Mm-hmm. One is called conservation easement and one is called land acquisition. You may have heard of conservation easement. So that mm-hmm. basically leaves the land in private hands and on the local tax rolls but the easements contain restrictions that prevent development of the land, although they might allow agriculture, forestry, private recreation, but those places would be protected forever from development Mm -hmm. through the Forest Society. And then we continue to steward that land and make sure that those restrictions are followed. Mm -hmm. And then permanent land acquisition are properties that are managed for recreation, timber, wildlife habitat, watershed protection, um, which can range in size up to 4,000 acres and are open to the public. So think about Mount Major, which Mm -hmm. almost everybody has hiked before. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that is protected by the Forest Society. Um, Mount Monadnock is actually, much of it is owned by the Forest Society and leased to New Hampshire State Parks to manage. Okay. Um, so some of those big um, special places and then a lot of conservation easements around the state. Mm-hmm. So, And another example of that is we're working right now with the Morrill family in Penacook to conserve mm-hmm. um, some of their farmlands with a conservation easement. Yeah, so, that's so that's a big property we're working on. That's really local to us here. Yes, which is, exactly. Yeah, so a lot of people know that. Area. So that's about 208 acres. And it's mm-hmm. along the watershed, which is really important also, the Merrimack right. River, right? Um, to make sure that's protected. And um, and also that their agricultural traditions can be preserved long term. Mm-hmm. So that's a great local example of, of one of our big projects that's happening this year. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So the other pieces of what we do, um, as I said, once we protect land, then we have to steward it, which means Mm -hmm. not only making sure that the restrictions are followed, but also making sure that if there are recreational experiences, that they're welcoming um, and safe for people and also practicing sustainable forestry, um, although some of them can be reserved because of unique natural areas or cultural resources. So mm-hmm. that's another big piece of what we do and kind of what we're known for, um, the forestry aspect. And then advocacy, because there's a lot of issues that come up at the state house or federally mm-hmm. um, that impact the environment. So we want to make sure that local voices are heard on those. And then we offer quite a few field trips, workshops, special events that are making connections between people and nature. And that's a lot of what I work on is helping get the word out about um, those programs and opportunities that people can take advantage of themselves or with them, their families. Which leads kind of into my next question, which is uh, talking about a little bit about your background and how your role really fits into each of those pieces. Sure. Well, I'm not originally from New Hampshire. I grew Mm -hmm. up in Alaska. Um, So a strong connection to the land and the outdoors and grew up canoeing, fishing for King Salmon. And I ended up um, in New Hampshire after college and it kind of seemed like Alaska light a little bit to me, outdoorsy, Mm -hmm. but not, you know, 40 below in the winter and not quite as much darkness. I was going to say maybe Um, a little bit more sun, (laughs) depending on the time of year, yeah. So I really fell in love with the landscapes here and Mm -hmm. the people, and I have made it my home ever since. So at this point, I've been out of Alaska longer than I was there, which is Mm -hmm. a little bit sad, but I'm I'm really happy to call New Hampshire home. Mm -hmm. And so I've been in journalism and nonprofit communications. And um, I think the mission of the Four Society really spoke to me to to protect those beautiful landscapes and make sure that my kids and the next generations have open spaces and kind of the New Hampshire experiences that that I've been able to have since I've been here. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. So you're really involved in kind of, like you said, outreach on all these different pieces because yes. really the Forest Society does a lot. Mm-hmm. And we have quite a few communication channels for members. We have a quarterly magazine mm-hmm. about land conservation and our work. Um, we're obviously on social media. We have an e-newsletter, um, all those kinds of things because, you know, New Hampshire is a big state, so it. Right. It can be challenging to get the word out, and I think a lot of nonprofits say people don't know enough about us or, you know, know that where we are, but it's a big state, and I think there's a lot of nonprofits doing really good work, so mm-hmm. we're one of them. Yeah, well, like you said, you have properties all over the mm-hmm. state, too, so reaching different people depending on where they're at, yes. which does lead into my next question because a lot of people locally here in Concord know about the conservation center located Mm -hmm. um, off Portsmouth Street. So that center is 103 acres of conserved land right on the Merrimack River. So can you talk a little bit more about what goes on there just in case people are not familiar? Sure. So the conservation center is the Forest Society headquarters. Um, 
and the building itself is on the 103 acres. I always find it surprising when I go down to the floodplain that there's that much protected land right here in Concord. Yeah. And a lot of people know it as the floodplain. Mm-hmm. The technical name is Merrimack River Outdoor Education and Conservation Area. And that's one of our most well-known and loved properties. A lot mm-hmm. of people use the trails along the Merrimack. They might take a kayak down to um, go boating on the river. And I know there's a lot of dog walkers that use the floodplain. And so we have that property that people take advantage of for recreation. And then the conservation center is also open to the public. Um, It has some interesting energy efficient design aspects of it Mm -hmm. that make it kind of an example of energy conscious design from the 1980s Mm -hmm. to today. (laughs) So people can um, call in advance and get get a building tour. We have ongoing rotating art exhibits in the building. And then we often host educational programs inside. And sometimes they even start up at the conservation center and then head down to the floodplain. For example, there's one coming up about um, an introduction to the North American beaver. So Mm -hmm. learning a lot about that inside the conservation center, kind of a family-friendly program, and then heading down to the floodplain to see beaver activity in action and kind of see the beaver dam that's down there and kind of how the landscape has changed on the floodplain just in the last year or two as there's Mm -hmm. been more activity. So it's great that all of that is connected kind of on one campus. Mm -hmm. And then another example is something called an owl prowl. So a group called Tailwinds bring some live owl ambassadors to the conservation center and you get to meet them. They're that really fun. fun. <laughs> I took yeah, I took my kids recently mm-hmm. and then you kind of head outside to practice your owl calls mm. and you definitely learn a lot more about owls in New Hampshire and kind of what you can do even on your own in your own family to protect raptors and um and kind of the natural natural neighbors that we have. Mm-hmm. So that sounds fun. Yeah, it is really fun. And that's also a program that's offered at some of our other program centers. We recently, just in the last five years, um, renovated and opened an education center in Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. And then we have a new program center in Bethlehem. Okay. So really spans the state (laughs) in terms of... um, educational opportunities and places kind of where our staff work and and where we're focused on land conservation too. Mm -hmm. And then one more event that happens frequently, well seasonally at the Conservation Center is if you're interested in gardening or just kind of giving back to your community, um, we oftentimes have work days at the Conservation Center where we invite the public to come over and help us um, clean up the trails or the outdoor spaces. So they're green when when the public comes to visit. That's a great volunteer opportunity because mm-hmm. people are always looking for things to do, especially outside. Yeah, so. outside. Hopefully it'll be nice weather. Yeah, <laughs> come fingers April. crossed, right? <laughs> are there, so you did mention the uh, moral project mm-hmm. in Pennacook. Are there other notable properties or current projects that you'd like to mention? Well, the project at the Rocks is a big one. Mm -hmm. 
and I know it's not quite in this region, but it's not too far from Concord. Um, so in Bethlehem, there's a property called The Rocks. It's a historic estate that goes back to about the late 1890s, and it was given to the Forest Society around 1978, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the only requirement was that there be an agricultural crop that continued continued on at this, what was once farmland. Um, and so we decided to make that um, Christmas trees. Okay. So since that time, there have been Christmas trees, and it operates as a Christmas tree farm um, during the holidays. But obviously... It takes all year long to manage that crop and grow them and maintain them. Mm -hmm. But sadly, some of the historic buildings, there was a large fire in 2019. Mm -hmm. And the building that housed the offices and that had the gift shop um, burnt down, just an accidental Uh cause. So since that time, we've been raising money. um, And just in the last year, started construction on renovating another historic building on the property to serve as offices for staff, community space, a gift shop, operation center, because we're really interested in advancing land conservation in the North Country as well. So it's mm-hmm. it's a great spot to have another headquarters. So we're still raising money for that project as well because it's a pretty big It's a large renovation of a historic building, and it's powered all by green energy, by geothermal energy, and then some solar panels that were installed near the Christmas tree fields. Mm -hmm. So we like to say greener Christmas trees as Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) So a lot of folks from this region will head up for both the holiday season if they want to cut their own Christmas tree, and Mm -hmm. then in the spring for maple season. Great. Love it. Love both of those. Yeah. (laughs) I know. So coming up for Maple Month, we'll be having tours at the Rocks and and using kind of that new building to to provide an educational opportunity and encourage people, whether it's locally or from other places in the state, to come up and learn more about how you go from sap to maple syrup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Maple Month is coming up. Next yes. month. So that's great, too. One of my favorite times in New Hampshire, yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that will be very exciting. And you can um, find out more about that on our website, okay. forestsociety.org, or mm-hmm. on one of our social media pages. Okay. Yeah, that's great, too. That's something fun to look forward to as we kind of come out of winter here. And then one more thing just to put on your radar is... One of our popular programs is called the Five Hikes Challenge. Mm-hmm. Last year, we partnered with Concord Hospital on it. And it's kind of a do-it-yourself challenge that emerged during the pandemic where mm-hmm. out of something like 25 different properties across the state that the Forest Society protects and manages, you pick five and you try to do those within, it runs from September through October. You try to do five trails in two months. And that's a pretty fun challenge because you can pick very family-friendly places or Mm -hmm. a few others that are definitely more challenging. And a lot of people have said they've found new places to walk or hike 
close to them that they never even knew about or, Mm -hmm. you know, gorgeous places that they didn't know were protected in other parts of the state. So that's a really fun, a fun opportunity as well that happens every fall. Yeah, that's great, too. I think I did hear about that last year. And the floodplain is actually one of the walks. So yeah, so there you go. That's local. And I'm sure we have a lot of great trails here, you know, that are city of Concord trails, but we're also very lucky to have additional places. So if you want to try something new or you might not realize that there's other opportunities as well. Yes. And town forests Mm -hmm. also. Yeah. I think New Hampshire, the state has done a really good job conserving land and and making a lot of it available for trails and recreation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so it's kind of fun to discover something new as well if you're looking for kind of a day trip or afternoon or morning mm-hmm. um, yeah. walk. So yeah, that's great as well. So we'll keep our eyes out for that this fall. That's a good fall opportunity. I know that seems like a long ways away right now, but <laughs> yeah, I know summer kind of has a way of going by quickly, unfortunately, sometimes. So, so. You did mention uh, kind of helping out with the getting the trails ready. Are there other ways that people can get involved with the Forest Society if they're interested? Sure. Well, we like to say they could give to a project. Mm -hmm. They could volunteer their time. They can kind of just get to know us better by signing up for our e-newsletter, which is called Tree Mail. Okay. And (laughs) um, we have quite a few people who act as... um, volunteer land stewards, which means mm-hmm. they're kind of assigned to a property that they keep an eye out for and kind of visit and um, and help us know what's going on out on the ground. So we actually have probably close to 200 volunteers that work with us throughout the year. So I would say even if you're just able to give a couple hours in a given year to get in touch about volunteer opportunities... That could okay. be either at the conservation center or maybe you don't live right in Concord and, mm-hmm. and somewhere near your neighborhood. Okay, that's great. Not sure if you just have one, but what is your favorite thing about working for uh, the Forest Society? Maybe Definitely if you could narrow it down. <laughs> every time I'm able to get outside, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I get to hike outside and then write an article about it. Uh, We have a column in the Union Leader newspaper for our magazine, Forest Notes. And I think it, when you're outside, it just reminds you kind of what's important and and why we do the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a nice perk while also doing something meaningful at the same time. So yeah. Are there things that you like to do in Concord and beyond maybe when you're not at work? Yes, I love Concord. I live in Manchester, but I spend a lot of time in Concord. Mm -hmm. I love to go see a film at Red River Theaters. Um, I think that the Thai food at Siam Dishes is Mm -hmm. some of the best in the state. I'm kind of a Thai food... um, Fan, a big fan of Thai food. Mm-hmm. So I've tried a lot of different places. Um, and then I think there's always great lunch options for catching up with, with people downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, always the Barley House and 
Tucker's and all of those good places. I think Concord has also tends to have a few more retail stores, it seems like, than Manchester does. So mm-hmm. I like to do holiday shopping here as well. Yeah, that's always fun. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, kids' activities too, which is yeah. nice. So different things to do. And unfortunately, Manchester's um, farmer's ma- market has been a little bit on and off again. So, mm-hmm. of course, the Concord farmer's market is not to be missed in, yeah. in the summer. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good one. That's all I had to ask you, but is there anything else you want to add or just let people know that's happening or remind people where they can find more information about the Forest Society? I know you mentioned the website. Um, sure. Social media. Mm-hmm. The website is forestsociety.org. Okay. And I believe on Facebook we're at Forest Society and also on Instagram at Forest Society. And... If you ever want to stop by the Conservation Center in Concord, it's at 54 Portsmouth Street, and it's open 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., and we'll be glad to give you some more educational materials and and kind of help you get to know the organization better. Overall, I'd just like to thank the community for for doing what they have to support the Forest Society over the years and kind of make it what it is today. Um, 123 years after its founding. <laughs> yeah, and lots and lots of uh, properties and conservation going on, which yes. is great. And you mentioned some of those events coming up, so people can also find those on the website as well. Yep, yeah. Okay. And we'll hope to see you at something soon. We're really trying to, you know, since since the height of the pandemic, kind of open back up to the community and, and let every, everyone know that the Conservation Center is – um, a community space and, mm-hmm. and doing more to host events and art exhibits. And um, a lot of organizations have meetings or, or use it as a rental property. So, Yeah, that's great. So definitely people can stop by, take a look on the website, figure out what's coming up as we kind of pull out of winter soon and look for other things to do, yes. opportunities to get outside. Yep. In case you're not a winter person, we're looking for spring and summer. So, so. Well, thank you so much again for being here and sharing all of this great information uh, with us about everything that goes on within the organization. Thank you for having me and your interest in the Forest Society and everything the city is doing. You're welcome.